How to Avoid a Lawsuit on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. I can't tell you how excited I am to launch us into this week and to uh, have our speaker here with us, Todd Sorrell. Uh, He's a dear brother. Um, We are excited about the work that's being done. Many of you may remember uh, that he spoke at our pre-conference last year in 2020, talking about biblical counseling and legal issues. And he's back uh, giving us some great wisdom on uh, legal issues once again. And we're excited as we look forward to our book that's coming out, Free to Be the Church, Legal Issues and Biblical Counseling. And Todd is a contributor uh, to this volume that I think is very important. And uh, Todd and I were even discussing before we got on here live. And I I tell you what, Todd, one of the interesting things to me as we think about legal issues is uh, pastors are are very afraid. And particularly after what we've been through, the season that we've been through, it seems to have ramped up a a little bit of fear relative to uh, legal issues. And it's not that they don't want to do ministry or they want to be hindered by the things uh, that they're called to do from God, but there is this sense at which they don't want to make a mistake. And a lot of that's, you know, unintended. A lot of it may be out of ignorance, just not knowing uh, what they should or shouldn't do, wanting to obey the law. But often we find ourselves, even as pastors, getting paralyzed in some of these ways. And so I'm so glad that you're here to help us to understand uh, the issue of, of uh, legalities, particularly as it relates to uh, lawsuits and being sued. And so let's just launch off into this. I want to ask the first question, is there really any way for pastors as they think, and maybe they're fearful about uh, legal issues and some of the things they've seen uh, unfold over the, the past several months. Is there anything that, that pastors can do or counselors can do um, that, so that they won't get sued? Thanks, Dale. One of the things that is so exciting about biblical counseling, when I finally got trained through the association and through my education, is that it opened my eyes to the fact that the Bible is practical. The Bible has answers to life's questions. Now, you're not going to find a chapter in the Bible or a verse in the Bible that tells you exactly how to avoid getting sued. There's nothing in there about that. But the Bible says plenty about wise planning. It says plenty about seeking counsel. And it says plenty that pastors and counselors alike can look to in terms of trying to avoid a lawsuit. Now, the real question is, what do I do to avoid getting sued? Well, guess what? nothing. There is no magical uh, formula you can uh, follow. There's nothing that's going to keep you from getting sued. At least no one can give you a guarantee that there won't be a lawsuit. I've seen tons of lawsuits that have been filed that have no merit. People sue all the time for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, there are some things I think that pastors and counselors can do to minimize their risks of getting sued. Now, keep in mind, I practice In different parts of the country, I'm licensed in California, um, and I will tell you there are a lot of different laws in different jurisdictions and that people should look up. That being said, there are some basic guidelines I think everybody can follow. First, and this is biblical, hone your craft. What that means is, and what I mean by that, is that a biblical counselor or a pastor should follow 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, 
as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. What that means is you should work hard. And I refer back to the book of Nehemiah, where Nehemiah had gone back. He's standing there. He's starting to build the walls. And in the, in the chapter four, it indicates that the people were making progress on the walls because they had a mind to work. What that means for us is we need to be excellent and not be lazy. So it doesn't matter if you're talking about a person in the church, a counselor, a pastor. We need to be diligent. Too often we get lackadaisical about our approach to the Bible and about what we're doing, about what we want to do. But in reality, what we should do is bear down knowing our audience is God, God himself. So if you tell me that a pastor or a counselor is somewhat paralyzed in fear of taking the wrong step, I would say you step out in faith Mm -hmm. after having prepared and being diligent Mm -hmm. in rightly handling God's truth. So as a counselor who is just a disciple maker turning to the Bible or a pastor who's running a church, ask yourself, what does the Bible say God would have me do? Mm -hmm. If, for example, a pastor feels compelled from biblical study that he and his church need a biblical counseling program, by the way, which is discipleship, mm-hmm. and all of us should be doing that. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a lay person. Sure. Biblical counseling is just discipleship, which was, God, which was Jesus's last command to go out and teach people to obey. If a pastor feels compelled and feels like he is supposed to be doing that, then his fear needs to be set aside. And that's the counsel that would be given anyway. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he came to counseling for that fear, You'd be opening the Bible and showing him that that fear is unfounded and that fear it perhaps borders sinful if he's not obeying God's call on his life. Mm-hmm. And I would say, be diligent, work hard. And I also go back to, to Nehemiah where the people, and we all know the story, mm-hmm. they're building the wall. The people had a tool in one hand and a sword in the other. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that, it, that we always think about the sword, right? We think, oh, they had the sword in a hand to fend off enemies. There's truth to that. Mm-hmm. That might be what your lawyer is, by the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> your sword. But the other hand, they had a tool. What were they doing? They were building a wall, mm. building a defense. And I think studying God's word, being diligent in that regard, mm-hmm. is building a defense to potential lawsuits. So the first thing you do is you hone your craft. You're diligent. The second thing you do, I believe, is to manage expectations. Mm-hmm. So if a pastor says, I don't want to get into this biblical counseling ministry, we might get sued, we might run afoul of some rules. Well, guess what? Handle that up front. Mm-hmm. Have, for example, and this is the last thing that I would mention, is a written consent to counsel form. Mm-hmm. And we can provide those. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've put them together and there's no magic to them, but I think detailed written consent to counsel forms, which, mag- which manages everyone's expectations up front, are of paramount importance because it tells people, this is what you're getting yourself into. When you come to counseling, we're not going to uh, be giving you secular therapy, behavior modica- modification. We're going to be opening God's word, setting aside our opinions, mm-hmm. and we're saying, what does God have to say about this issue? And if God says do something, that's what we're going to tell you to do. doesn't matter what the world says. And we put it squarely in the language of the consent of counsel form that this is part of our ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. This is part of our practice of religion so that we're trying to remove it from the purview of government interference or regulation. And we are trying to eliminate the possibility that someone later on would say, oh, you should have sent me to uh, anger management counseling, or you should have prescribed medication, or I really thought you were a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. We put it up front in writing, Mm -hmm. black and white. They can read it. They have to consent. And once they consent, we're off and running. And if they don't consent, then I would not personally engage in counseling with that person. Mm -hmm. 
So if a pastor is wondering how to handle these things, I would say you can minimize your risk in advance by having things in writing to explain exactly what someone can expect. That's so important. And as you talk through that, I'm hearing several things. You, you mentioned an informed consent, which we definitely talk about as, as uh, delimitations. These are things that we are, and these are things that we are not when we provide biblical counseling. And we're not providing diagnoses. We're not providing uh, psychological categories as labels. We're not hanging a shingle. We're not presenting ourselves in that form. It's so important to have that up front. Uh, but you mentioned we should grow in faith. And so, Todd, help us to understand, is it growing in faith if I'm putting together these types of forms, right? I mean, uh, is seeking legal counsel, is getting wisdom on how we should put these things together, is that demonstrating a lack of faith or is that actually putting trust in God when we put these types of documents uh, in place? I have heard from a number of people that requiring a consent to counsel form is a lack of trust in God. Mm. I, I just think that's amazingly silly. Mm. I'm not putting down your question, mm-hmm. but when I hear it, I just kind of raise my eyebrows inside my head and think, what in mm-hmm. the world are you talking about? Does not the Bible, God himself, does not he tell us to wisely plan ahead? Mm-hmm. Does he not point in Proverbs to the ant to store up for the winter? Mm-hmm. Does he not say that a builder plans before building a house or a construction project? He tells us to do these things because God's plan is that his children plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some things that we shouldn't do. We shouldn't assume that God's not in control or that we can thwart his purposes by certain planning. Of course not. Mm-hmm. But he does say to plan ahead. And we shouldn't assume that we're, we know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know that. That's for God himself and for no one else. Well, that's right. And when we think about not just putting these documents into place, but also uh, a question comes up for a pastor and he's wondering, um, man, I wonder what my, my legal limitations are in a case like this or, or counselor, uh, wonder what my legal limitations are. Uh, what, what advice would you give about seeking legal counsel? And, and is that also a lack of trust in God? Certainly not. Um, Of course, I'm a lawyer, so (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important to seek legal counsel. But keep in mind two things. First, you shouldn't be afraid because a legal perspective is simply one perspective among many. And there's nothing wrong with getting a comprehensive view on a topic. So a, a, a pastor can seek legal counsel and find out what the rules are. But above all, the question has to come up, Are we to follow man's laws or God's laws? Now, at this point, I do not believe that there are laws that prevent us from doing what we are doing because it's discipleship. Mm -hmm. Now, in the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, we see um, where law has developed from that article, Mm -hmm. or from that amendment, to tell us that we have the freedom to practice our religion. Mm -hmm. This is squarely in our religion. This is discipleship. This this is Jesus's last command that we are to make our first concern. Mm -hmm. And so if a pastor is afraid of that, I would caution him and say, look, your fear needs to be set aside Mm -hmm. to do what's right, but seek legal counsel in the meantime. Mm -hmm. If there is a, uh, and I've mentioned this before, if a a Christian landlord gets a call in the middle of the night from a tenant who says, my pipe just burst. He doesn't just roll over and pray that God heals the pipe. He calls a plumber. Mm -hmm. And typically that's a plumber he's met before, at least had a conversation with before. So he has it in his phone. 
My point is you can wisely plan ahead without demonstrating a lack of trust in God. And in fact, I would argue that wise Christians actually do plan ahead. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and it's so important, I think, for us to understand that, that when we're seeking legal counsel, uh, what, what we're trying to accomplish is we want to have a posture that certainly obeys the government, uh, but we know that our, our sovereign is God and we have a responsibility to obey what he's called us to do in making disciples. And we can't be limited by that. And uh, to seek legal counsel is, is, as you mentioned, it is a wise thing. What we want to avoid is uh, being sued unnecessarily. Where, where we set ourselves up, not um, not making documents clear and making blunders that are avoidable that make us easy targets for something like uh, a lawsuit. Now, I want to finish with with one question, and, and I know this will be helpful because as we think about legal issues, sometimes our, our mind swirls, especially for those of us who haven't practiced law or studied law. Uh, but So what are some uh, practical steps counselors can take to minimize their chances at getting sued? So, for example, as I mentioned earlier, be diligent. But the other thing, the big thing is in this consent to counsel form. Now, if you have a comprehensive consent to counsel form, it will include a number of provisions. And that was going to set forth the biblical basis for the counseling. It's going to set forth the fact that you are limited and you are not practicing certain areas like uh, psychotherapy, et cetera. But it also relates to things like termination of counseling or confidentiality. Because everybody thinks, oh, well, I'm counseling. This is all confidential, right? Wrong. Mm-hmm. There, there is no such thing as absolute confidentiality in biblical counseling. And the forms can set forth certain examples of times when that confidentiality will be breached. And the reason why is because, again, we go back to the Bible. In Matthew 18, for example, we find that if people are in sin and unrepentant and things happen, that we're supposed to follow a process. That process doesn't say keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, if there's criminal behavior going on that's not being addressed, or if someone needs protection and we've heard about something, we need to reach out and address those things. But if you have it in writing up front, it's a lot safer and it keeps the counselor, um, it, it, it not only allows the counselor to delineate what he or she is going to do, but it gives them a roadmap or guideline to follow when they're actually doing the counseling. You know, Todd, this is uh, so helpful, I, I think, for all of us to, to think through. I do pray that our pastors, our certified counselors will think through these issues. And, and we've tried to begin to shore these up even uh, at our uh, headquarters at ACBC and recommendations that we pass down. Uh, we have some of these uh, documents available on our website. Todd's actually been a part of putting some of these documents together that many of you have used, the consent form and that talks about limits of confidentiality and all that sorts of information. And so I'm so grateful to men like Todd, who uh, God has given uh, a rare skill and ability to understand law, to practice it well, but also a heartbeat for the church to be able to serve God in so many different ways uh, and to present wise counsel to us in these matters. So we do hope this is helpful as we discuss these issues. And and as good as we want you to be at, at counseling, we also want you to be wise in the way in which you practice. We want to be above reproach in everything uh, that we attempt to do for the sake of the name of the Lord and his bride. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. 
Now, we're so grateful for this conversation that we've had with Todd. And Todd's, as I mentioned, has been a contributor to our, our forthcoming book. And we are coming closer and closer and closer to the time for that book to be released. And to my knowledge, there is nothing that exists in the biblical counseling world and not much that exists even outside the biblical counseling world that relates to legal issues. And so I want to make sure that you all are aware. I think this is going to be a, a wonderful resource for the church in general just to to prod pastors, prod counselors to think about some of the legal issues that maybe they've not considered before uh, so that we can be wise and we can keep our churches above reproach. So we will be announcing the release of our forthcoming book, Free to Be the Church, Legal Issues and Biblical Counseling. You can find out about that and many other resources on our website, biblicalcounseling.com.